Hey guys, it's Christina. This is Vox and Guest, and I am joined on a very early morning there <laughs> by the beautiful, the delicious, the 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 crimson colored and and bookended by men, Jules and the Heist. Look at the faces we have here. Hello, everybody. How are you? Hey guys. Morning. How are you? Look at this. This is the most excited I've seen Braden since I met him. <laughs> I mean, really, like he's just he's lit up after everything we've been through. You think it would take more than that, but no, this was it. This was our big moment of connection. I just <laughs> Braden just you know the hat almost flew off. He was so excited. So it is so nice to have you guys here. I know it is very early there, about you know quarter of nine in the morning. Um, so you guys are. You look so prepared and fabulous for an early morning. So kudos on that. We just got yes. from the night before. Yes, yes, we do. There's a lot. <laughs> I of mean, you, you look okay, Jules, but yes. Al and Braden are really bringing the heat visually. So <laughs> I, I feel, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, I didn't want to say anything and be rude, but you know, you look okay, Jules. But no, you, look, am, you, you look beautiful. <laughs> I am shaved for this this morning. Look so. at this. I won't no. ask you where. I will not ask you where you shave. Um, but okay. <laughs> so, all right, listen, I know we don't know each other. Um, and I'm not sure if you've seen the show, but I, I don't really take any prisoners on these questions. I start out hard, um, serious. And again, as I've said, you know, I'm big on comfort level. So if you guys, if any of this makes you uncomfortable or if you get teary or whatever with this first question, let me know. Okay, but we got to grab people right from the beginning. All right, so are you ready? Bracing myself. Okay. I think we're good. So, can you fold a fitted sheet or are you not a wizard? <clears throat> I've tried many times. I'm definitely not a wizard. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a, it's a roll it up into a ball, stick it in the corner, be covered with your foot kind of a thing. And just deal with it when you take it out. Yeah. All right. So you're 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 a ball up and save it for later kind of guy, not a life wizard. Is, life is too short for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I hear that. You know, you could have tried to fashion a wizard's hat out of the fitted sheet and see if it changed anything for you. But all right, you know, ball it up. That's fine. That's totally fine. Jules may be <laughs> Jules may be a wizard. I don't know. Jules, are you a wizard? Yeah, no, my linen cupboard is uh, overflowing and not very organized. I'm a very chaotic brained person, so I'm definitely more of a scratch the fitted. It, it, look, it flattens when you put it on anyway. So li literally, why put the effort in? That's you know? right. Why is it so high maintenance? I don't understand. It's, it's flat. It's fine. Okay, uh, Brayden, I, I fully believe here you might be a wizard. Maybe that's why you're, you know? I don't know. I've, I've had a go, but no, I'm no good. <laughs> Okay. We were no. so close. We were so close. Okay. So what we know now is there are no wizards in Jewels and the Heist. It is a wizard free band. Okay. It's, I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to give you a little linen pro tip here. <laughs> if you take a pillowcase and you put the other pillowcase, the fitted sheet and the top sheet from that set in the pillowcase, you don't have to fold anything and it all comes out at once. O-M-F-G. <laughs> I was That's today years old when I learned that. <laughs> See, because I, and I'll just, I haven't admitted it yet publicly on the show, but I am actually a fucking wizard. So <laughs> that, 
That's why I have that information. Okay. All right. Actually, you know what? I can't. I've seen videos where people fold fitted sheets, and I save them all. I have them all bookmarked as an ADHD person does. I will never watch them. I know it's not going to work. I think it's all magic. So I'm glad that we're all in good non fitted sheet folding company. So, all right, you guys are, you feel okay after that? I know that was a heavy question. Was, yeah, pretty heavy. Good. Okay. Good. I know. I'm sorry, Al. I know. So, all right. Why don't we um, see? <laughs> I've, got, I've got him day drinking already. Okay. So, why don't you guys each introduce yourselves and tell everybody what you do in the band? Good morning, afternoon, wherever you are. My name is Al. Uh, I play guitar and try to write songs for Jules and the Heist uh, and do a little singing very badly. Uh, so I sing, I, I sing quite like this. So no one can hear me. There you go. You, you're adding that husky whisper, though. You, you're the sex uh, appeal of the band, Al. <laughs> uh, no, I had COVID about four weeks ago, and oh, I yeah, a, I heard the cough. Yeah, for the last couple of weeks, so okay. the husky thing. I'm trying it on. I don't think I like it. I'm okay, gonna, there you go. Try yeah. from now on to just affect it. Don't keep getting sick so that you can do it more easily. You can just you can learn yeah. to do that with your voice without getting infected with anything. But okay, so I'm 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 glad you're you're feeling better, and um, at least you've kept your your husky allure but okay jules are you handing it over to brayden or are you gonna go next yeah, oh i'm brayden hello everyone i'm the drummer so um i sit in the corner and <laughs> just sit in the corner and groove along in the background so <laughs> I, have, I do sing but i don't have a microphone so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the plight of many drummers how many drummers are back there just singing their heart out behind their gobos and nobody has any idea what's going on it's just all bam 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 all right so you 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 sing to yourself yeah 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 i have my moments where i'll uh, bust out something you know while we're, okay. while we're playing and i just get excited and have to Bust the lyrics It's been a few beverages involved. Few beers gone down by that stage. Okay. So. No, I, I got that sense about you because you haven't stopped talking since we got on here. So I, I knew you were just going to bust out with something. You're just going to whatever. But okay. So you, you, you are a cornered animal just banging away at things. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Summarize yeah. that well, Christina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, kiddo. It's up to you. Lean on right. I'm Jules. Um, so hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so basically I started this band about a year ago. I'm the lead vocalist and sort of been in the trenches of the, the cover scene and thought this year, why not? Let's get into some original writing um, and hence hence why we're here. Um, so, yeah, we do the, I do the lyric writing um, and work with Al on the original on the original stuff. Yeah. 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 No, you guys are, um, you and I think Jules, we first spoke a couple months ago. Um, not too long after you had really started trying to get the word out, um, about the originals and everything. And as, as a cover band girl myself, um, I understand that that life transition can be a little bit tricky because when people are used to sitting there and listening to you play the same 45 songs that literally every other band in the world is playing in a bar somewhere. And then you're like, by the way, I wrote this one. And Usually that is the moment when cover band artists pull out the original and you just watch the dance floor just get obliterated, right? Like everybody, like it's like roaches with the lights on, everybody scatters to their corner and you're like, shit. But I, I'm always so happy when people who are comfortable 
doing covers as you guys are, um, decide to be brave about that and and bust out into the originals world. And you know, when you when you contacted me and I listened to it, I was like, okay, all right, I, I see why they wanted to do this because these are as we will be discussing today, three very different songs, um, but all insanely catchy in their way. Um, but before we get into any of that, um, why don't we talk a little bit about how each of you got into music in the first place and then how you all met? Because I know Jules and Al, you have a, you know, a, a band in common in history and, and, uh, and all of that. But let's, let's kind of talk about, you know, how did you guys get into music just as human beings before you even knew each other? Okay, let's just probably have the most projects, right? Me? Um, yeah, I, I've always been into music. There's always music around the household when I was growing up, sort of okay. thing. Um, so I, I used to have a little toy guitar. That was, you know, I wanted to be a guitarist. But anyways, when I was about 12. Well, cool enough. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't cool oh, enough. Oh, oh. No. No, well. <laughs> there you go. That's right. You should have your stick and just throw it at him every time. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I'll come later. Don't yeah. worry. That happens every now and then. Yeah, I got into. I started playing drums when I was about twelve. My mate lived around the corner from me, and he was a drummer. Um, yeah, and then I think I bought a drum kit when I was thirteen, and haven't looked back. So okay. Um, yeah, the last few years of well, when COVID hit, you know, and everyone had to isolate. Um, I actually started in another band. Uh, just doing rock covers like Foo Fighters. Um, okay. More heavy rock sort of songs. Um, so yeah, sort of classic, classic rock. Some really, classic, some ACDC, you know, yeah. 70s. I was going to say, if on. you're calling the Foo Fighters classic rock, Al, I'm going to hit you with his stick because like, <laughs> let's not put them in that pile yet. But okay. No, no, yet. In, I, in addition I, to I mean, the, Foo the Foo Fighters came out, that's, yeah. that's 20 eight years ago that is classic rock shut your mouth shut your mouth al shut it up right now i will edit you out of this episode and put a horse in your place we have the technology shut yes. it up. that that all foo fighters formed four years ago you cannot change my mind anyway brayden as you were saying go on go on uh yes yeah, so, uh, over the years i've played in a few bands um and i've ended up playing in this one well me and jules we started jamming in After Sunset a few years ago, yeah, didn't we? Last With, project. Uh, yeah. Some other friends. I sort of towards the end of that, I started playing a bit of percussion for them, um, and then we started Jules and the what was that? Jules Fusion. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah, we had a yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we started there with a couple other guys. So that went for a year, just doing the covers. Um, just yeah, just a few of us just having fun and you know making a bit of cash there as well. So that was good, and and then yeah, started Alan come along and. It's like my lost brother that I never knew about. Alan. Alan. Uh, yeah, Alan. brother from another mother. I'm in yeah. trouble. I'm getting called Alan. Alan. Yeah, you're going to get called Alan when you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Al. That seems a natural segue to go to it you, is. my dear. It so you leading the wrong way. <laughs> I know. Um, Half of Al. So Al, Al's guitarist origin story, please. All right. So it's actually quite sad. Um, my my dad had race horses when we were kids. And okay. one Christmas, we had two really good wins on the racehorses. So they, we had a great Christmas. There was shit everywhere. Okay. And one of the things I got was a guitar. Okay. And I was, I was five. And I got this little acoustic guitar. And I took it to mum and I said, mum, I'd really like to learn how to play this. And she said, don't be stupid. And <laughs> so it died right there and then. And my sister went away uh, to visit a friend in Perth when she was when I was seventeen, so twelve years later. Holy shit! And, uh, okay. She came back. She came back with a guitar, 
and she wanted to learn how to play it. So we both started learning together when I was 17. But there's 12 lost years there wow. of training that I don't have. So I could actually be good, but now I just have to sort of bluff my way through it. And uh, So, uh, I mean, okay, I don't, I don't want to shit on your mom or anything, but, like, that's kind of a fucked up thing to do to a five-year-old that's, like, passionate oh, I, about me. I know, right? I mean... I Sorry, Al's mom, but like kind of a dick move. Like I'll be okay. So she she can't she can't yell at me anyway. And but I mean that yeah. I mean that that's really um. So you uh, because at first you were like it's a sad story, and then you're like yeah, racehorses and money just flying out from the ceiling in a guitar. I'm like like, maybe the Australian definition of sad is different from in America, but I'm like this sounds pretty good so far. And then yeah, (laughs) that that sucks. Um, not not a not a fan of that. Um, so and then in in those years intervening, did you have any kind of music going on? Was there music in school, like a music class or anything? Um, I didn't really get into music in any way until about 1990. I was in year 10, so about 15. Okay. But before that, it was it was there was basically nothing. Mm. Um, and then my sister came home. Like I said, my sister came home with a guitar, and there was a, a kid in my class who was learning guitar. So we started jamming together. He showed me a few things. Okay. And uh, I was in year 12 at the time, which in Australia is the final year of high school. The most yeah, important. Year yeah. Uh, and so it rather, I was a massive procrastinator. I hated homework. I was a shit student. So <laughs> I would send me to my bedroom to do homework and I would sit there and play guitar. Okay. Um, and so that's where I, that's where I learned. And um, that was 92. So the, the year before, you know, we had Pearl Jam, we had Nirvana, mm-hmm. we had, uh, you know, those, there's a, that list that stack yeah. of Turns up yes, I've seen that. Day. They all came yeah. out and like the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing time to be coming up. Yeah, yeah. So that, was like, that was all exploding. And so because of bands like Nirvana, you didn't actually have to know a lot of text <laughs> stuff to exactly. be able to smoke out a song and have it sound like a song. That's right. Um, and so that was basically where I where I started. Um, and by the time I was 20, I was in a, in a band. They're all a little bit younger than me, but we, we sort of, evolved together it was pretty grungy um i used to make just a lot of noise there was a lot of feedback uh, a lot of sonic sort of stuff um and that was cool we did we did some some pretty good things uh and and when that finished i met jules uh and now was that in ivory or was that pre-ivory or what was the what was, that was the that was just a little was bit before ivory so um I sort of had this little bachelor period where I was living in a, a house with another fella and it was just de- debauchery all the time. We were enjoying ourselves. Uh, lots of people would just come around every night. There was cards, there was drinking, there was other things. And a, lo- a lot of musicians. Okay. Uh, and they all, went, <laughs> they all went to school with Jules. So I hadn't met Jules, but we were we were playing guitar, like just, okay. you know, uh, Nine Inch Nails, not Nine Inch Nails, uh, Alice in Chains and... Rage Against the Machine and that sort of stuff. We were just smashing that sort of stuff out all okay. together. And then one of the guys, when I met Julie, he said, like, oh, Julie's a, a really good singer and she wants to do some some gigs. So we started, we had this little three-piece acoustic thing. 
It's hilarious that he said I was a good singer. I'd sung about three times in my life at that point. Well, maybe you said, maybe you, said you wanted <laughs> She's not to all right. sing. Yeah, I wanted to sing. She, goes, ah, she looks good. She She's got right. boobs. We'll put her up the front. Yeah, hey, hey, you know, that's really all you need is just boobs yeah. and hair and a microphone. That's it. You yeah. can just be like Janice from the Muppets. You know, you, do, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. so that's, yeah that's where we met. And so that they, 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 you, you, you had met Jules and her boobs and then you guys just started playing together. And Never met the boobs. <laughs> you're just, you're, you're acquainted, but just, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, I gotcha. Okay, so, all right, so then Jules, he has, he has set you up nicely for the, for the three-pointer here. Handball. All right, no worries. Well, um, mine, I guess every time I read bias, it seems like everyone goes, oh, you know, I started playing when I was five and mum and dad, they were always me. And I'm the opposite. Like I'm the black sheep of the family. My family's quite sporty and um, I don't think I really sang. I think the first memory I have of singing, I was probably about eight years old and it was like a karaoke cassette or something. I think mm -hmm. I sang wing, <laughs> wing Beneath My Wings or something. I well, like, okay, <laughs> all right. Anyway, right, I'm, I'm gonna have to end the interview here now. You mentioned Bette Midler, and it's like calling Beetlejuice. Like, if you say her name oh, one more time, we're gonna have her here. You know, so just be very careful here. Nobody else say the name. Um, but okay, so hey, McLaughlin, but you won't know who that was. Hey, Mona, yeah, that's even worse. So, fast forward, um, from eight, that was like my first memory. Um, I think I had a bad breakup when I was about 16. Okay. And I probably finished listening to Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill or something like that. Actually, it must have been 1998. And I thought, man, I just really need to write some aggressive stuff just to process these emotions mm -hmm. of my first real breakup. Mm -hmm. And so um, I never really sung. And the first thing I wanted to do was write lyrics. <laughs> so it wasn't so much about singing as about expression. I got you. And I with Tyson, who was our mutual friend, and I said, hey, mate, you play guitar. I've got these lyrics. Can we sit down and have a jam? And so we nodded out a couple of original ideas, and then he played a cover. I think it was like Big Runga or something. And Ooh, I just started okay. singing spontaneously, no training or anything. And he's like, shit, you sound all right. <laughs> and at the time we had a, a friend that had a bar in um, a suburb called Nary Warren, and he said, oh, well, why don't you just come and do six songs? I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I could manage that. Went there with six songs. He's like, can you come back next week with 30? I'm like, mm. We played before. There was a guy already playing there, wasn't there? Mm. And, and so we just got up and did a little set A little first. segue. Yeah, that's right. A little that's introduction. Right. Okay. I was so nervous. We used his thing, didn't we? Yeah. And I, I hadn't beg, had any Wait, wait. <laughs> I beg your pardon. What thing was that of his that well, you this big thing. <laughs> like, yeah. No, it was a peer. <laughs> Okay. So that's how it all started. Literally, like we, I didn't really sort of do the training or the, you know, mm -hmm. aspiring to. I just kind of jumped in the, the pool at the deep, yeah, and just started performing. And that's basically was my introduction to music, was just doing covers gigs with Al back then. And then, yeah, and that, that, that became Ivory. Yeah. Okay. And, that, then, and then the singer from the band that I was in originally that was grungy came across. Yeah, loads. We had two singers and one guitar. Yeah. Okay. And Jules, you play a little guitar, don't you? I'll probably start this this year. Really, I can strum a few chords, move the well, capo around a bit. As I said, you play a little <laughs> guitar. <laughs> you know that, that that's a that's a little yeah. guitar that that works. Um, but yeah, because I I um. I uh, I have seen a couple photos of you with a guitar, and I was like, okay, either a prop or she's actually, yeah. But okay, so all right, so you I played the guitar when okay. during the gig twice. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I took a lot of photos. Mm. So 
<laughs> okay. All right. So, so basically then what I'm getting is that you two, um, Braden and Jules, you knew each other from one thing mm-hmm. and yeah. Jules and Al, you knew each other from another thing. And then you all did a thing <laughs> together. And that has now blossomed into Jewels in the Heist. And I know that one of the things I thought was neat was that, you know, there are three of you that are core to the band, obviously. But what um, what you also do is sometimes you are actually a four-piece, right? You will bring in a bass. Now, is this the same bass player all the time that we should be shouting out? Or this is a floater that just kind of, okay, so you have people come in and out and... That's right. I guess the thing is, as Elsa, we actually know a lot of musicians, so we're, we're quite lucky in the fact that um, yeah. if we need to, depending, like we're actually going to the studio uh, next weekend and we've just got a session bass player. Um, the guy in the film clip, if you watch it later, uh, he was he's just a drummer. A, yeah. He's a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> he was just there. He was just like, there. we need somebody to do this. He was like, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Okay. All right. So, yes, yeah, so, I mean, so that that gives you guys a versatility then that um you know because it, it's funny i i remember i've told this story i think before on this show that um you know we had um our last band had done a, a, we were doing a gig and the bass player was sick and sick like 20 minutes before we were about to sound check like not a chance to scramble anybody whatever and we sat there kind of going okay well do we do it do we not do it and the the rhythm guitarist was like do we really need a bass player and i was like what? <laughs> like, yes, of course. I mean, yeah, you can play a gig without a bass player, but like, you know, when you're in, you know, when you're in a band and you're playing certain songs, especially covers, you generally want to have a bass player there. They, they do make a difference. So, but I also understand when you guys are doing more of an acoustic thing, totally different vibe. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, and so well, it's and Braid, so Braden, you are not, you are not dragging your kit to those three person gigs, are you? Tell the folks at home what you are actually doing when you're playing. Uh, I use my cajon when we do these gigs. Uh, um, I just got a new one this year, actually. Okay. A couple of months ago. Um, so, yeah, I, a mate of mine sort of put me onto it a few years ago. He's like, oh, have you tried a cajon out? I'm like, nah. So. <laughs> I didn't actually know what he was talking about. And then I was like, oh, cool. I've seen them around a fair bit, but I didn't actually yeah. know what they were. So yeah. um, instead of dragging my congas and bongos and I had a stomp box as well, which it was oh. awesome. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the cajon's just so easy. It really, yeah, it's, a mu- it's much more manageable. Yeah. And, I mean, for, for people I know when I've seen people who really know what they're doing with it, it actually works quite well. I've seen the yeah. other thing too, where not so much, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So that I mean, so when when did you actually pick that up and start adopting that yeah. as a? Yeah, so three years. I've, I think I've had one for now. Would be just over three years, I reckon. Um, so I just at first I was sort of like, oh, okay, just trying to find where the noises were, where yeah. you know, uh, instead of because I'm not using a stomp box anymore, I'm trying to get the. Yeah, you know, I'm doing the floor or something. I'm trying to get it with both hands, which yeah. I really liked it. It was a bit of a um, bit of a challenge to start off with, but now yeah. I've worked out where I'm getting the sounds from and uh, what's the best technique. And yeah, so I really enjoy playing. It's great. You can get so many good sounds out of it. And um, it, it's it's funny. I think of it almost as like the guitar version of an electronic drum kit. Yes. You know? Because <laughs> it's like you you do have a range of sounds that you can, you know, put together that you would not have with an acoustic kit, right? But you're yeah, not schlepping right. around this gigantic... I mean, even the e-kits are pretty 
sizable. So I, I, th yeah. I think it's very smart. And I, and I think especially for the kinds of stuff that you guys are doing, the sound is, is a, it's a really good fit, you know? And, yeah. and I, and um, so, yeah, so I just, I was kind of like, okay, you are the first Cajon or at least the first one who's talked about playing it on the show. So um, I wanted to make sure we, we, we gave you your shout there, um, you know, and, 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 and brought that in because it, it is a cool option, but so, okay. Yeah. So you guys then, um, you know, once the three of you got together um, and, and, you know, obviously had been doing the covers and everything, when you decided you were going to start working on originals and actually putting them out, what was the thought process there? Was that mostly you, Jules, going? There okay. was not much thought process. To not much. A lot to it's, a lot of things. It's been, it's just been, a bunch of ego. It's been really, really organic. Um, we so Jules and I were camping for uh, Australia. No, it was uh, Labor Day, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So in March we were camping. This is two years ago. And uh, she'd just broken up with After Sunset and she said, I don't want to lose my gig fitness. Would you mm. come and play with me once a week? And I'd been out of playing for a little while, so I really wanted to, you know, start playing again mm. and playing more. And we got together for a day and just did whatever came out of us sort of thing. And then she said, oh, well, I'm going to get Braden to come down and, and play drums with us because yeah. that'll be fun. And it's literally just and spawned from fun. after after the the next practice, it was like, well, okay, I reckon we could do gigs with this, and so we just sort of let it go wherever okay. it went. So yeah, there hasn't I been think, a lot of decisions. The originals, I think, the originals came when we we actually were given an opportunity to support Ella Hooper, who used to front right. Tom Hardy, um, in Australia. I'm not sure if you've heard of that band, but um, I, I I know the band via you, but no, not yeah. not otherwise. Yeah, yes, yeah, so they, they had a song on the second Spider Man soundtrack. There you go. It was okay. quite big. Yeah. We haven't there been like eleven thousand three hundred and twenty-two Spider-Man movies in the yeah, last twenty years. The second one with Tobey Maguire. Okay, so like the it's one where he was kind of like the the Chris Gaines project of like you know the dark Spider-Man one. That one where he was like, was, the next one. was it that one? Because I saw oh the one. Okay, yeah. Then I I, I think that was where my Spider-Man experience <laughs> stopped. Was like him coming out with dark hair and and like a velour suit or something and dancing around. And I was like, I'm fucking done with this. So I will have to I will have to go check that out i might have heard the song those soundtracks that, were pretty ubiquitous so but we, that's how the originals happened because we, we basically had, got a gig and i'm like oh shit, i don't really want to do covers at this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We, but we already had a few ideas that we were throwing around and we mm. were already playing some original songs at gigs that like gigs, that first yeah. gig we did we played two originals mm, yeah. i forget these two. things so we we kind of we've just jammed and every now and again we come up with something and okay. and we explore it when it happens mm -hmm. and yeah we so we already had a, a handful of well yeah and i mean that that makes sense to me too though because since jules has been working on lyrics for a long time mm. right and yeah. um you know you guys are all musicians if you have any sort of you know generally once you have lyrics and musicians together you can come up with songs uh, fairly easily, at least if everybody's remotely on the same musical page, which you guys clearly are. But I mean, it's um, how has it felt kind of leaving the nest of covers and putting yourself out there with originals? Because it it's a different thing if you're covering Fleetwood Mac or Kylie Minogue or, you know, Foo Fighters or whatever, and it doesn't land. Well, it's like, okay, fine. But if it's your stuff, it's a lot more personal. So, I mean... 
you know, I know it's been organic and you've been going with the flow and all of that, but like when you first got out there and like, you know, on the big stage supporting Ella Hooper and we're like, okay, here we go. Was it like, Oh, are we like, oh fuck? Or was it somewhere in the middle or both? Or? Okay. That's going to be my new show now. Thank you for that. But okay. you do it again? Yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I like it. By the way, Braden. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Dude, let other people talk, awesome. man. Not yeah. um, like just the nerves beforehand. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt like that since I was a teenager playing my first gig, you know? Like, huh. um, and I thought that had gone away, the nerves, but no. no. It was a wake-up call doing the yeah. Hello Hoopy gig. It was, and it was great. Just the appreciation we got for playing originals. Yeah. Um, well, it was, was absolutely so, awesome. It was sold yeah. out. So there was like nearly 200 yeah. people in this gorgeous community hall. And as you said, like you said, it normally clears the dance floor. But um, even as, as the support act, it was really great. We, we were debuting songs that people hadn't heard and we had mm. arms up in the air and the Very interaction cool. and the connection with the audience was just well, actually, um, Our brilliant. first song we did was a cover. We played White Rabbit and you should have seen the crowd come in. It was okay. amazing. We sort of got them with that and then hit them Jefferson with the originals. Smart. And, uh, Very smart. And, and that, that, that one's, that one, that, that is a little bit of a, um, that's a little bit of a show off to open with that one because vocally that's not low hanging fruit. Instrumentally, that's not low hanging fruit. You know, Jefferson knew what they oh, knew what they I were doing. All instrumentation into low hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> um, that particular song, though, I had a lady come up to us at the end of the gig thinking because I thought, oh, it's a bit obscure this song for a cover. It's not like really. Yeah, okay. well. For us anyway this lady came up to us and she said oh my god i got goosebumps that first song and she had this white rabbit tattoo and she was just like looking at me in the eyes going oh my god i had goosebumps that was just so amazing that you played that song and, and then and like ne- neo and that. neo and morpheus from yeah, the matrix exactly. came out and like yeah you were like Fuck, what movie am i in right now <laughs> that would weird me out yeah, like, like, the blue pill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. which is the which is the pill that does break down and load out for us because i'll yeah. do that well that would that would be the one but we had an acoustic guitar and a cajon there's nothing to like yeah that's true not so bad but yeah no but i I think that that's very cool Braden. actually that you got the nerves back for that because even though that can be a little bit unsettling i think it's the flip side of the adrenaline and i bet the rush from doing the show once the nerves settled was better than anything you'd probably done in the last 10 years right oh yeah yeah that's for sure yeah it was a big highlight uh yeah so it puts you back in reality shit you know yeah 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 it's not like we're just you know we're used to just going to the pub and playing to people right uh, and we chuck our originals in which is great and i love that feeling you get one out of a hundred people that come up and they're like that original was awesome one yeah i get get a kick out of that rather than the hundred people that were dancing along to the covers all night you know like absolutely Yeah, it means a lot more because it, then it's just, hey, you did this thing that somebody else made really well and I liked it versus like, wow, this is something yeah. you guys did. And I did. That, that's a that's a wonderful feeling. And, and I'm so glad you articulated that actually because, you know, the, the, the people watching right now are all, you know, mostly all in the indie community and they know that feeling of like, yeah, yeah. you know, you're not expecting to get 50,000 people listening on Spotify. Like you're happy if it's 50 people. Right. But it's like, if, if somebody actually comes in and says, Hey, you know, like the third song on that EP that you did was amazing. And it, you know, and here's what I loved about it. That will, that is like a, a buffet 
of payoff for for yeah. an indie musician yeah, for ages. Free. They can live on that forever. So I, I totally, and I mean, to have that amplified by hundreds of people, you know, that you guys are looking out into the crowd and seeing the sea of people digging it. And I mean, I love that you had that too, because a pub, a bar, whatever, it's a different animal. You know, it's kind of like they're there. Sometimes they come to see you. Sometimes they just come to get a drink and you happen to be there and they'll either enjoy you or not or whatever. Like a show like that where people are intentionally coming to listen to music, you have an opportunity to either wow them or not, right? Yeah. And so to do that with your originals, I can completely, I, I know how that would feel really, really good. So, I mean, yeah. so at that point, was it kind of like, ah, we've injected this directly into our veins and now we must do this all the time or like- I've been addicted to it, it now. Did, yeah. It okay. Did. For sure. Definitely made a difference, didn't it? That I connection like, and that, again, that's what feeds me. I, I love connecting with people. As I said, it's, it's a two part thing. It's it's for myself to obviously sure. heal, connect, express. Mm -hmm. But when, when someone, anyone connects with that, um, yeah. it, it's just a beautiful thing, isn't it really? Yeah, no, well, and I, I think that is a universal for musicians, you know, whatever version of succeeding you do as a musician, whether it's, you know, financial, or if it's just people loving your stuff, or, you know, getting to to, to change somebody through your music or whatever, um, it's about connection. So I, 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 I totally understand that. I think because, you know, we have a core group that watches every single show, and I'm sure by now they've been, I, I have made a bet with everyone that I will sneak the song in under a half hour mark because the first couple episodes that we did of this show, I think I one of the episodes we had talked for like two hours and I was like, oh, by oh, the way, I should probably play the song. <laughs> so since then I make a concerted effort, but I wanted to, before we got into the music specific, specifically and talk more about the story of the band and, and you know your background jewels and putting the band together and everything else, why don't we give the people a treat let them hear you guys a little bit. Um, so we're going to play Escape the Pain. Um, do you guys want to say just a little something before we roll that video and then we can come back and pick up on it more? It's probably the darkest one of our, our three that we've put out so far. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, as we said, but they're, they're all different songs. And yeah. Um, But yeah, this one, we really got enjoyment out of this. And doing mm. the film clip was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Great experience. Yeah. And that was like ripping off a band-aid for me too. I was probably pretty nervous to be in front of a camera. Yeah. Um, the videographer made us feel really comfortable. Mm. Lizzie Brandsmart, legend. Yeah. Um, and the book, this was actually inspired by reading the book by um, Gabor Maté um, about mm. ADHD, mental health illness. Ah, um, a favourite yeah, of mine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think it was a really good way to convey that you know, that if you are feeling dark, it's absolutely okay because most people have some sort of level of pain mm -hmm. or grief and we deal with it in different ways and hopefully you can find a healthy way to deal with it. But you that you're go. not alone. Everyone, everyone feels this. I don't think we could intro this song any better than that. So guys, again, I've said this a couple times before on this show, you're going to hear this song. This is not all Jules and the Heist does. This is one flavor um, among many um, in the arsenal. But why don't you just, you know, Chill out, sit back, and enjoy Escape the Pain by Jules in the High. So close. 
close to going insane. Remind me how it feels to be content. It's been so long. I think.
So I have to say, um, listening to your songs, and again, I know there are three that you have out, so it's not a huge catalog yet, but given that you've just started working on the originals, you know, within the year and everything else, I think you're doing just fine there. Um, I get such a pretenders Chrissy Hind vibe from wow. you. Yeah, I really do. I mean, it's definitely vocally, but also just instrumentally. Um, you know, there's that kind of, you know, especially with this one, you know, you've got that plaintive guitar at the beginning, um, you know, and, and everything is very kind of quiet and calm. And then I was like, okay, is it gonna stay this way? Cause I would have been totally fine and happy with that. But then you obviously blow it open, um, you know, and, and at that point, that was when I really started to get that pretenders vibe. And I always tell people this, um, you know, on the show, when I make comparisons, it's not, it's always favorable, first of all. And secondly, it's not to say that what you're doing is derivative of that band or those musicians. It's just like, those are the connections musically that I'm making while I'm listening. Um, and I think you could do a hell of a lot worse than somebody comparing you in any way to the pretenders, so I, I hope that's I hope that's been taken as as the good thing that I intended it to. But so, this song, I mean, um, the lyrics are really intimate; they're really personal. Um, and it's funny because, as you said, they're both personal, but they're also universal. So, um, I gather, Jules, that in writing this, you were marshalling personal history a bit. Um, and again, we, you know. They know um, I always check in with everybody before I do these interviews and, and make sure that, that that questions that might come up are okay with the band. But you are pretty public about it, um, you know, on your website and everything. Um, the story, you know, behind your musical journey and then the hiatus of your musical journey. So um, I don't know if this is a good place to get into that because, again, this community big into mental health, big into support, big into, you know, um, all of that. But um, lyrically, does this escape the pain? Does it, is it connected to your history or is this, you know, am I in the wrong place here? This song for me, um, I suffer from PTSD. And I think I was just, I was reading a book and trying to understand, and I guess uh, anyone that suffered from PTSD, it's it's not a linear recovery. No. So as you sort of work through your shit yeah. <laughs> uh, and your triggers and all of those things, um, yeah, I think it's just a matter of, I just sort of channeled it. When Elle started playing the music, I sort of deep dive into some of those feelings. And I mean, the opening lyric, you know, like a Chinese burn in the brain, sometimes it's so painful and I have quite a, a lot of people wouldn't understand when they see me, they see me on stage, they see me with the makeup and I'm happy, go lucky and I'm right. good and very, very social outgoing person. And I think it was really paramount for me to shed a light on that's what you see, but there's yeah. a darker side yes. that people don't see. And I think it's, it was really important that I shed that light on that I'm not always this up. And I guess right. with socials, Instagram, Facebook, exactly. so many people show a certain version of themselves. That's right. Anybody that suffers look at, looks at these people and go, oh, my God, I'm not good enough, I'm not this, I'm not that. So I think just to highlight that I, too, have dark times, it was really important for me to vocalise and share with people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's very well said because, I mean, yeah, that social media is, you know, it's a cherry-picked version of everybody's life, right? You know, it's like people, whether it's a personal page where they're like, oh, look at my family and my... X number of beautiful children and we're all wearing matching clothing, standing in front of this Christmas tree, whatever. And then you just know if you've ever met a child ever that like three minutes before that picture taken was like, shut up and stand there and look at the, you know, but you don't show that picture, right? You show the, 
you know, where everybody's looking at the camera. And like, and so from that standpoint, it can be really alienating. Um, and then, but then even as a band, even as a performer, you know, it's the same thing. You know, I, there are a lot of people on social media only talking about their wins. And that's fine, you know, but like, I'm a big fan of also like, hey, you know what? I tried this thing, this sucked. Hey, you know, I did this gig, nobody came. Like, I did, because, and that I think is where you really do connect with people. Because if you're pretending like everything's great, the people you're connecting with are either insanely lucky and everything is actually great for them, or you're, you're connecting with their avatar too, right? It's yeah. not real. When you're being yourself and you're like this, fucking sucked and whatever and people are like oh my god that's the real stuff so i i love that you put that out there and i mean even not knowing anything about your background as you said before we we played the song i don't think there's a person alive that can't relate to the message of the lyrics you know i mean because everybody does grieve and everybody does have losses and feel alone and need help and and not necessarily find the light in the room sometimes so i mean was this song written just very recently were these lyrics that you had had from a while ago or what you know what was yeah. the no it was pretty spontaneous this one sort of came pretty easy didn't it i think um i just i just started mucking around with that verse um sort of picky bit just and i think i was doing something i was looking at the wall or something <laughs> like, oh, yeah. was that over there and uh i just said oh that's interesting and jill said yeah, i keep playing that and then you just started you just sort of started writing those lyrics mm. didn't you and uh, sometimes you can labor a long time on a song and other songs just come and this is one of those songs that just came quite easily and yeah. i think it was because i was being authentic mm. um you know i wasn't sort of going i'm writing it for this but i was just writing it from my right. heart from my right. genuine feelings right. um and the light and shade of it i think is really paramount as well and i think also too musically coming into music there's lots of ways i've dealt with depression in non-healthy ways you know mm. drugs alcohol sex drugs partying yeah. whatever yeah. and i think music is such a healthy thing to hold on to it's almost like my religion if you know what i mean these yeah. guys being in this group and having these guys next to me on this journey um this is sort of my healthy escape now <laughs> this is what i cling to rather than going down the darker path yeah i've sort of got something now that can really pull me out and you know these weekly rehearsals and these gigs it's just such a good routine for me mm. yeah well yeah. and uh, what I, what i also get too is that um you guys are all very comfortable together yeah. and i i think that you know it's easier to be authentic and vulnerable when you're with people that you trust um mm. you know and and so that that i think is um it's a testament to the closeness that the three of you have because yeah. you might have been sitting with a completely different guitarist and he could have or she could have played the exact same riff and it would not have opened you up the way that it did. So, I mean, I, I think that's one of the other beautiful things about music, right? Is you connect with people outward with your stuff, but you also, in the ideal situation, you're connecting across with the people in the band with you. And then there's that magic that happens, right? Where you're just, you're all in it on stage. And I don't think that that's, at least as good as great sex, I would say. Like that thing where you, probably not better, I don't wanna go that far, but I mean, it's it's right up there at least. So, I mean, you and then Brayden, at what point did you come in on this song? Me, uh, I don't know, like I said, I, I, I just sit in the corner there and they, uh, <laughs> right. I said, what do you want me to do? They're like, oh, no, this. he's so. underplaying himself. He has a much bigger impact on this whole project than he, <laughs> than he is actually. We, so we, we came. Uh, it started at the end of a end of a jam, so I think 
Braden was either leaving or he'd left when we started doing it. Okay. And then the next week, because we we pretty much had the whole thing. It wasn't quite ironed out, mm. but we had all the pieces mm. um, in that first night and we just needed to go away and refine what we were doing. And so the next practice, we, we sort of mm. smashed it out. And, yeah, that's when you came in. Was, yeah. was would have been the next week where we're like, okay, we did this at the end of the last practice. Gotcha. Let's. What, to, what are you going to do with this? Well, yeah, we have ideas, and then we sort of play with that idea, and it's like, oh, hang on, structure it a bit, mm. and then give that to me. Oh, yeah, I'll work mm. something out from there, and yeah. off we go. <laughs> so, well, I, w I was especially curious about the structure for this song because more than the other two, there's a very conscious choice to begin without big sound and drums and everything going on and so you know again there are songs that could have stayed just as the intro is all the way through you know there there are plenty of great songs like that um but the fact that you guys began in one place and then opened it up from there i was wondering if that was more of a drummer percussionist suggestion or if that where where that came from because it does it does make the song pop in a different way because you're yeah. kind of lulled in at the beginning and then all of a sudden there's this much bigger sound that comes after the first verse. So was that you? Was that all of you? How did that come to be? Well, me and I'll get pretty excited. Yeah. Even when we're playing acoustic, we get, we get pretty excited. Uh, uh, yes. And that energy just bursts out of us, you know? God, um, yeah. And I think it, it follows the emotional journey of the song, though. I think, again, mm. I think this this song really entwines with that fragility and that vulnerability, as you mm. said. So it's sort of reflective to begin with. And then yeah. sometimes that anger and frustration and the, those wave of emotions that come when dealing with, yeah. with such a serious topic. So I think the the music amplifies that sort of chaotic feeling. Mm. Um, you know. and, and like that little intricate picking bit at the start. Yeah. Oh, there's no way I was going to play that for a whole song. It's too boring. I need mean, to jump around and like play. I feel like that's for... it. I got like a minute forty into that. I'd yeah, shot my rod. We were going to forty. So you know, it's just, that was never going to happen. Bro. No, I know what you said, Al. You said, "Oh fuck, fuck this shit, let's go." There you go. That, by the way, is going to very absolutely be the title of your fourth song on Spotify. I'm just letting you know right now is, ah, oh, fuck, that's going to be that. Yeah. But so, but I mean, so Jules, you know, we, we, we started talking about it a little bit, but you had a, a long time away from music. I mean, you were off for like a decade, right? Yeah. Well, well over 10 years, I think I had my daughter in 2007 and I just did not sing after that. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, the father of my children hasn't sort of been involved in their lives. It was a pretty toxic sort of relationship and that mm. sort of um, scarred me emotionally and it took a long time to recover. And, of course, I was being a single mum, working full-time, paying bills and all that So you had stuff. tons of tons of free time to do whatever you wanted with your music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but also to actually couldn't sing, and I think uh, I really would like to share this story, but I was actually um, suffering so much from that toxic environment that, I wanted to sing and I still had the passion for singing, but when I went to sing, I actually physically almost got like a severe um, physical reaction. Like, so mm. I'd go to sing and almost felt like I was being choked. It was like severe stage fright. Mm. But this wouldn't be just on stage. It would be in my car. I'd be around friends or family. I just right. actually couldn't myself to sing. And I'd already been being paid to sing for years prior to this, so I knew I had the skill set. Right. Right. But psychologically, I was broken. Yeah. So I actually um, paid quite a lot of money, believe it or not, for a hypnotherapy session. One session, and the guy was like, 
you know, I can fix this. And I said, yeah, right. And he's like, seriously, not like 10 sessions, keep paying every week, one fee. If it doesn't work, I'll refund your money. And I went into this session and um, sort of put me under. And I, I came to, and I thought I'd been sort of under hypnosis for about 10 minutes, but it was a good 45 minutes. And he goes, sing something. And I'm like, okay. And I just, I remember just coming out and singing Eva Cassidy way over yonder. I have no mm. idea where that song came from or why. Okay. And I've been happily and freely singing ever since then. So it was quite an epic shift. Um, and then it was just a matter of finding somebody to sing with because, again, I don't play an instrument. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That, that's a pretty yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. that, you know, that I, I think, I mean, that makes sense to me too, because I know that during really difficult times in my life, I tended to not even want to listen to music. Mm. And I, I never understood that for a long time. And then like years into therapy, just kind of, you know, one day putting the music back on and starting to sing again or whatever, I think at least for me, and I wonder if it was for you, when music is in your bones like that, it you are emotionally open when you're musical, whether you're singing it, listening to it, playing it, whatever, like that opens you up. And if you've been hurt that badly and you're protecting yourself that much, it's almost like I cannot open that door. Like there's just, there's too much behind it. So I, I love that you were able to get back from that i mean that that's a really big deal because i'm you know a lot of us took off time just to have our kids and we're away from music whatever i get that i did that too but it's like you know you didn't even have it to yourself you know in your car in the shower whatever and i mean that's um i'm 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 happy for you and i'm proud of you that you faced that because that's a you know that that's a lot to process very quickly um and kudos to the fucking hypnotherapist because like i thought right. that was completely yeah i mean that that's that worked though that's tremendous which like okay you know you just, you just never said that opening up i think now like that breathing and especially in escape the pain when you hit those big notes and you sort of mm. really like, the lungs come into air it's a physical experience yeah um for me it's it, it's not so much a technical one but it's it's a grounding and yeah so um and now i just absolutely adore it <laughs> You know, well, and and you, you, you say, yeah, you say it a lot that, you know, in different ways that, you know, part of what your music does for you is it's healing. So, Absolutely. I mean, you know, that that's a little bit of a cycle, a good cycle, right? That, you know, you found your music again, you were able to sing, which, you know, makes you happy and then it heals you and all of that. So, I mean, I, I think um, it's a lot to have sorted out in a couple of years. You know, I mean, that that's, um, you know, that, and I, I, I think it's, um, I'm just happy that the three of you came together, too, because as I said, I think you have a, you have a safe place to do all of this in, you know, it's yeah. um, that that's, that's critical. So I mean, you know, for Alan, for Brayden, you guys like, I mean, by the time you came back into it with Jules, obviously, she was already kind of on that path to healing and coming back to herself and her music and everything. But I mean, like, do you notice over the last couple of years a shift too with all of you, with her, just in general? Like, you know, do you feel like? Yeah. Um, well, I've noticed a massive difference in Jules, even from, you know, that uh, back in After Sunset. Jules was more of a, well, you were still doing both, but more backup sort of mm -hmm. in a way, whereas now she's the front woman. And um, never understood it. And well, I've always wanted to, I've always thought that the last few years, I'm like, geez, I'd love to have like a, a front woman singer, you know, just a different, I've always played with sort of more males, you know, gotcha. in the band. Um, 
and now the way we just rock it out. We've been, we've got to do and killing the name with us, you know. Like she, <laughs> she, did, she last time we played, she was like, "What, man?" I was like, "Yeah, we're doing it." She was like, "What?" And I said, "No, it's all right. I'll just, you know." And, uh, and we smashed. <laughs> we got it out. <laughs> and just to watch her grow you know, over the last few years to what she is now—that confident woman on stage, mm. you know. Um, and and I watch Jules and I, I have my mum, I just stare at her, I'm like, oh, my God. And then I get right into it, you know, like. Yeah. No, and it sounds so good and, yeah. Um, and then especially with Al as well, just Al's confidence over the last <laughs> last 18 months and that. Um, you We've know, all grown in the last yeah. 12 months. We just continue to grow. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. We sort of encourage each other. It's about having fun and obviously the byproduct of that is that we're just getting better at our craft all the time naturally because we're having fun doing it. It's right. not a chore to mm. get in the in the jam space to get in that rehearsal. No. Or even the gigs, they're not really a chore. I think you mentioned right. like, you know, 40 cover songs. I think we've already got like 160, 200 or something. Yeah. And we just change them because I right. think keeping it fresh and, and you know, that spontaneous. Yeah, that's spontaneous. Spontaneous. Mm. I don't even know the song. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, we're going to play this one. I'm like, okay. okay yeah, all right. Apparently we are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you, you're also you're, you're, you're fucking with Braden a little bit too. I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> so what about you, Al? Have you blossomed into a beautiful little rose as well? Oh, definitely no roses here unless they're dead ones. Um <laughs> I like, like I have said significantly earlier. Yeah, like I said earlier. So I was I, I'd been away from playing consistently for a long time. Mm. So the band I was in back in the day, we started as a covers band, same as this, and so we built up that repertoire, and then we started introducing the the originals. So I've right. I've been on this journey before, mm. uh, and, I, and I hadn't really put that together until you asked that question earlier. Mm. Um, but you know, you lose. It's all in there. You've got the muscle memory, but you, yeah. you just kind of lose your your chops a little bit and your and your confidence. So that's why I wanted to come back into this. And so it's it's amazing that it took me probably six months to get back to where I mm. was. Mm. And now, because of what we're doing, I'm I'm actually and I'm a bit older. I'm deep diving more into things and and trying to improve technique and and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, yeah, it's it's been I've been quite impressed with some of the things that my fingers have done. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, it's it's been good. No, that that I I love that you guys are all growing each other. That's very cool. And then you know it comes together obviously. So the, the band is um, it's I mean it's 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 interesting though because your your band started basically when you guys started musically again you know not just together but kind of you know the originals are new the band the three of you being an originals band is new you know what you're doing versus who you were even in your former musical lives is new um and so i, I mean i i think that there's a lot that's exciting in that you know and and especially for people coming in on you guys at the ground floor like everybody is you know um as an originals band and i i i thought the fact that each of the three songs that you do have on Spotify are so different from each other, um, you know, was was kind of an, a nifty little hook in a way, you know, because, you know, Escape the Pain, you know, more rock power ballad kind of thing, um, you know, and then you're on Here and Now, which is kind of like a pop reggae. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry? 
like a roots reggae kind of feel yeah oh for some reason i thought you said enya and i was like no um <laughs> like i don't i don't think i've ever heard enya do anything like maybe after enya eats like jamaican food or something but like no i didn't but okay yeah so no, it, yeah and and then and you know down for it i mean alt pop but also a tiny bit of pop country like there's a lot it was accidental but there's definitely elements of country that i hear now and that was not purposely injected into that at all yeah um but it sits really well amongst like country artists like mm. country rock artists so that yeah. surprised well, us when we when we that was the first song we put on spotify and uh you know you, you play a song and then spotify links it up with other songs that are similar or whatever. Right, right. And I'm, in, I'm in the car, listen to that one, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden I go, okay, that's that's pretty country, right? Oh, yep. Next song. <laughs> wow, that's country's fuck. Okay, right. Oh. Uh it, yeah, it was it was very interesting. Yeah. I, I I love when Spotify, you know, it's kind of like when you keep taking a captcha test on online and you keep failing it and you discover accidentally that you're actually a robot like i love that spotify is like you didn't know you were a country artist but you are because this is the playlist oh, yeah. that we put you so I, I but no i mean i'm like i i'm listening to that song and i'm going okay i'm still hearing pretenders but i'm also hearing shania twain like in the vocals and, and i'm like what did they mean to do that like was that the and 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 that song particularly lyrically I don't know if it's about you guys, but it seems like it is. Um, you know, you, this this kind of partners in crime. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think it was Spawn. I've got a friend to meet her, and um, we do some crazy shit sometimes. And I, I just remember um, we did a gig at the local pub down here, the Hood, and then it was not a, not us, someone a, else. A hot right. night, and we're like, you know, I was pretty excited after the gig, had a few drinks. Right, let's go skinny dipping down, you know, down the Hood. And so straight away, she's just down for it. And I think it's just that kind of. You know those mates that you can have crazy wild old ideas and they'll never go shock horror. They'll just go, yeah, cool. I'm there with you. I'm, yeah. I'm right by your side. And yeah, and I just love that whole energy of having those reliable friends with you that are just down for and they're, it doesn't matter where you're going. Like they're the, just up for it. The, down pe for it. the people <laughs> who, when you say something really stupid, they say, here, hold my beer. That's what I was thinking too, Al. It's like, those are the ones who are in the back of the cop car with yeah. you. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. maybe we shouldn't yeah. have done. Yeah. Laughing all the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, and, and I, I th and it's, it's that song works too, because, you know, not that it's a summer song, you know, it's not one of the, but like, it's got that emotional feel to it of just like, you know what, fuck it, let's go do whatever the hell we want. I know you're down for it. Like, you know, let's just go and get into some good trouble and and whatever. And and I think that, you know, I could see people, you know, driving along in their car, blasting that just off to do God knows what, you know, but, the, and again, but then what a different song from Escape the Pain. I mean, like yeah. if you if you had tried to write two more different songs, I don't know that you could have done it. Like, I mean, that that's pretty, because the one is so about processing all of these deep, dark, difficult emotions and kind of being raw about your pain and your grief and, you know, the idea that you want to numb yourself and all of this. And then the other one is, let's go skinny dipping down the hood, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, but, but it, it, I think, it's a wise choice for you guys as a band because who, whichever of your songs, if somebody only picked one out, like, or one showed up on a playlist when somebody was listening, whichever one of the three they heard, they would have no idea what the other two were like, like yeah. none. And I think that's cool because it's, um, 
it could be a little schizophrenic and not work, but it does. Um, and I think one, one, one of the reasons, well, but I mean, one of the reasons that it worked for me was because, I mean, obviously, you know, Jules, your voice is kind of a through line, obviously. Um, you know, and you like to do your backings, you like to do your harmonies, you have all that stuff going in there. So you see those elements, you know, in each song, but even the, the, the swag that you have from song to song is very different, you know, so Escape the Pain is obviously much more heartfelt, starts out quieter, gets into these bigger notes, almost like a, you know, a cry or a, you know, um, um, you know, like a, a, a longing, that kind of a thing. And then, you know, then all of a sudden you're, hey, oh, you know, on here and now, and we're like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, and that's the thing I, I feel so much I, and that's why music helps me process because mm -hmm. I just am a person that feels a lot of emotion. Um, you know, if Elle came here with a sad story and was giving me, I, I, you know, I just pull into that and I would yeah. be one of, you know, a person crying with him. So each yeah. song I sort of try to be in the moment of that emotion and that's mm -hmm. where they, they stem from. So that's the way the, so the, the next song that we're going to record and probably mm. shouldn't talk about things that haven't happened yet, but, um, no, you could talk about it. That's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Someone was telling us a really sad story about their life, basically. And okay. while that was happening, I was playing a little noodly bit. And um, as soon as they sort of stopped telling us what was going on and left, Jules just looked at me and I looked at Jules and she said, keep playing that. And we were so on the same page. It was like we'd been looking at each other sideways while we were getting this story. <laughs> and we'd started writing it. Um, while we were listening and by the next practice we we pretty much had a complete song mm -hmm. um and yeah it's just it's sort of become our new favorite song and it's completely different again yeah okay okay you know being a musician is so weird sometimes though because i was talking to the guys from trick shot recently and they were telling a story similar thing about um you know overhearing a friend who was having this really intense difficult phone conversation you know with somebody breaking up with their partner you know and the way that she was saying what she was saying to break up with the person was very lyrical and so in the middle of being deeply concerned about this person there was also like wait say, say that again <laughs> you know? so it's like a weird thing because you you do care about i'm just i was giggling a little bit to myself because it's like you know this person's there sitting selling you know telling the sad story and you guys are like mm, that would sound good in d you know <laughs> let, let me let me score your pain here hold on like would you do you feel like when emotionally that you were more being hit with like a maraca here or like, you know, like so i i know i know what you mean i'm sure you were also being very attentive and, and empathic but like there is something about that where you find music and inspiration in the weirdest places, you know, mm -hmm. but um, so, okay. So you say it's very different. I'm going to assume you don't want to give me any color on that genre, anything like that, you know, when, or at least when it'll be out, maybe. A little bit. Kind of country too. Like none of us are country. When it was only on country. No, uh, just, just, I don't know. This country vibe sort of a little bit coming out of it. But. it it's okay. It's, really it's probably manage. more straight than mm. the if if you were to look at the uh, the three that are out. You know, you got a rock, pop, and a power ballad, and a reggae. This is kind of more just in the middle. It's just it's pretty straight. It's very okay. easy, easy yeah, to listen it's, to. It's, mm. it's 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 
it's not poppy so it's like a pop song but it's not poppy mm. yeah yeah it's 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 pretty <laughs> fixy that's, that's dull as fuck oh my god it's that's like a pop song that's not poppy yeah i was like okay it's musical but it's, it doesn't have music in it yeah, it's straight it's boring as fuck don't worry about it <laughs> Oh, fuck. We don't know what to call it, but okay. All right. So, uh, but I, I get, I, I think I know what you mean where even though you, you can't seem to define what it is, it's that, well, that's it. That kind of makes it what it is. It's not, it doesn't fit neatly into any of the categories of what you've done, but it's also not specifically any one thing. So, okay. So when will we be hearing that song? Do we know? It's going to be recorded this weekend. Oh, not this weekend, next weekend. We've actually got two more songs to record. Okay. Um, the other one looks like an LGBTQ banger, like a rock. Banger, ah, excellent. Um, okay. It's going to be so fun. And it's, yeah, again, it's sort of, we've got two songs, one sort of dark and serious, and yeah. then the other one's just Bang. got some balls Ce about it. Celebration of love and life. Yeah. Uh, we, healthy love. We, we learnt a lot releasing the last three songs. Mm. We, mm. We, we weren't really prepared, prepared <laughs> uh, emotionally or mentally or... But now we've learned, we've learned so, so we, we probably won't we won't be banging them out too quickly. We're mm. going to record them. We're going to have a listen, see what we've got. We might try and neaten up the first three just with a few little tweaks because they were. Okay. Yeah, I don't. We might try and squeeze in another song and then. I haven't really said this out loud, but maybe a six-track EP in the next few months. Okay. So that we've actually got you know a package rather than sure. just random songs. Right. Right. Okay, so you might do these three and another three and then put them together on an EP. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe. When you when you say you learned a lot putting these three out, I know you you know you said emotionally and all of that, but like like what? Like what 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 did what surprised you? What did you learn? What was the cuz I mean I know you go into the studio on anything and if you've not done it, it's like you don't think about all of the elements. There are a lot of moving parts and all that. And you go off a vibe. I mean, just to sort of be regimented, but to still stick to the emotion, yeah. Yeah. even yeah. though you're on that click, to mm. sort of still find the flow yeah. within those boundaries. Does that make sense? I, yeah. I think, but I, were you talking more about the releasing process? No, I'm, t I'm talking about whatever you're talking about, you know, I'm just because I, those are, those are the kinds of questions that interest me because again, having, having been a live stage musician, having been a studio musician, having to, I, I know those are two very different kinds of music. It's very, very yeah. different. And when you take songs that you're used to doing in one environment and do them in another, that's almost the biggest mind fuck because you're like, wait, 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 wait. We can't just sort of, oh, and now we're going to jam on this for a little while. No, it's like, you have to get this done this way. Here's your click. Yeah. Here's what you have to, and you know, and to, as you said, to keep that from sounding rehearsed, robotic, formulaic, flat, you know, oh my God, how many times do we have to do this or whatever? It's that's no joke. So when you said, you know, I love that kind of thing when people are like, oh, we learned a lot. And a lot of people will gloss over that. And I'm like, wait, back up. What did we learn? Like, so tell me what you meant. I wasn't asking so, more so for more detail on that. It's it's we we went in to record because we hadn't recorded. Right. And then we just wanted the experience. We, we smashed out three songs in two days. So it was pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and then essentially we had a demo tape and then we we're like, fuck it. Let's put it on Spotify. So then we had to, you know, there was. We probably rushed that a little. Okay, yeah. Um, That's just how I roll. Yeah, yeah, I we, yeah. She did, but <laughs> we were there. We all agreed. So, and then to actually get the songs to a, an acceptable level with mastering and things like that, and then yeah. to put them onto Spotify, the process of putting them on Spotify. Oh yeah. We had 
helping them not just get lost in the ether and all that sort of stuff was which is so easy to do yeah yeah i mean the the getting lost part not the getting it to be recognized it's it's there's there's so much new music that comes out every single day so it's really difficult we we probably and, and jules did all of this pretty much um so we probably you know, missed a step here or there, or we did okay. this and we should have done this first. That's what I'm talking about. Just gotcha. the process. Okay. Yeah. The next time we bring something out, let's have the package right first, and right. then let's do the steps properly so that it can be. I mean, there's an easier of, process. Pr- plenty of pre-release plans and so forth out there, but when you look at it, it's like three pages of so many items, and I just sort of like looked at the main ones and thought, I'll do this and this. <laughs> and I probably stepped like a, you know, missed about five we steps in between. Five through to eighteen, we don't need those. No, I'll just <laughs> one in that just one. Aver- yeah. average them out. Breeden, it looked like you had something you were going to say. Well, yeah, and saying and saying about like this, one of the songs that we're going to record next week, we actually did record some drum tracks for it last time we recorded. Okay, we were, you know, we we're looking into it. And just we've changed a few things, haven't we? Yeah, just very absolutely. basically changed a few things around, mm. uh, and now we're pretty much set on what the song's going to be. So mm. okay. well, when you're yeah. involving a producer too, you sort mm. of I think because I'm so new to this whole original stuff, I was probably pretty reliant on the producer going what to right. do, what to do. But now right. like, no, I think we're getting you to know ourselves more. Yeah, yeah. So I, we're taking a bit more of the direction. Absolutely, because I I think initially you don't want to get it wrong. And a lot of times, I mean, I remember the first time going in with a producer and sitting down and going like, wait, there's all this what I have to know and you want answers to what now? And it's like, you don't even know what you need to know. Never mind, have an answer for all of that. So it is very easy, you know, and, and it's funny, you know, I, when I talked to Shannon Darcy, she was like, yeah, you know, I went in and I recorded with this producer and he kind of, you know, did it this way. And I was like, wow, that's really good. And then got in the car and was like, this isn't the song I wanted to make, you know, and sometimes you can only learn that by having done it the way you guys did it, you know, where it's like, ah, you know, and now you go, oh, you know what, now that I know that I could have done something different here, this is what I would do instead. So I I totally, I, I, I don't know that too many people who go in and record for the first time don't have that experience. I don't think yeah. anybody walks out and just goes, "This is exactly the song or the exactly the EP that I intended to put out." Like I, I don't, I don't think that happens because there is so the much. And building that rapport with the producers and, yeah. and them understanding your capabilities and you understanding their capabilities. Mm. Um, right. Right. Yeah, but it's a really, it was a really enjoyable experience. So yeah. I have to admit, um, yeah. Sean, our producer, um, he was just. Yeah, really open and encouraging, and I kind of need that. Really, yeah, really we kind of got we well, we gave him the vibe that we're, we're a bunch of amateurs going to come in and record, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, and I sort of set the kid up, and I just yeah, he goes, oh, let's just we'll go through the first song, just make sure the sounds all good. And I just I remember looking at him in his face, and he was like surprised. He's like, ah, oh, I think these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, yeah. Um, that was cool. That was yeah. That yeah, was, that yeah. Remi- did you guys ever see that movie once? Um, it's a great movie if you haven't seen it. It's a it's about a busker and a, a woman that he ends up you know making music with. And there's a similar scene in that where there's just this ragtag group of musicians. They've kind of collected each other and they scrounge together the money. They go in the studio, and the guy yeah. sitting at the desk is basically like, "All right, you know, let me just autopilot here." And they, I think he's even sitting there like reading a book. And then they start playing the song, and he's kind of like. Oh, and then all of a sudden he gets into it, and it because so that when you said that, I was kind of like, I, lo- I love those moments where if you can mm-hmm. surprise a producer, you know you're doing something right because they've heard so much music, yeah. you know. Um, track one, first first uh, drum take that we did was 
absolutely bang on the on the click and he was like okay so we can play to a click right okay <laughs> let's go not as and easy I, as people think it really is not no, no it's not no. i recorded um the vocals to i think here and now and down for it first and escape mm-hmm. the pain was yeah. last and um i really feel it was like oh by the third song we're like oh this is what i have to do and i remember right. sort of singing vocals and i think al and i had a moment i don't think oh, Brady was there no and no, um no. just the emotion that came through in one of the takes like even the producers going the one that's on there yeah he's like fuck that's that's what i'm talking about go yeah. jules like and he was always like coaching me like yes yeah. you're getting it yeah. and really yeah. you know and i think after i actually took the vocal take even myself i was like oh, yeah. you know there was a tear coming down because i actually felt it and i to get yourself in that zone in that environment is is really Hard. Well, yeah, because be, being in a studio, there's something very self-conscious about it. You know, there's Ooh. so much you have to be on point. You, you know, you can't make extra noise. You got to make sure you don't knock the eggshells down. <laughs> you know, like you have to be in the right spot. And then, as you said, to kind of forget all of that. It's like being an actor, I imagine. You're in front of the camera. You have to forget there are a hundred people behind it. And you have to pretend you're in that moment. But like once you, I think, it, it, and that's it really is, I feel like anybody who ever goes into a studio they should give people two days of just free figuring the shit out time. You know what I mean? Like, okay, before you lay anything right. down, let it yeah. explain to you how this actually works and all the stuff you have to figure out and then come back and do what you want to do because it's it's almost always the last song that people will put together the first time they record where they're like, that's the one where it actually worked. It's right. like, it, because then by then you're like, aha, the, now I get it. Now I get that it. That was the aha moment for me. Yeah, yeah. that last yeah. song. But so, so great. So now you're going into the studio in, you know, in within the week with that. You know, you're yeah. starting there now, which is yeah. it's um and you yeah. know, from experience I'll say it'll go a lot it'll go a lot faster now that you know what what it's like, you know. And and doing one less song so that we can actually spend a bit more time on the smart. ones that we're mm. doing. That's so. smart. Yeah. Three and two days to get from nothing to finished is you're pushing it that at that point, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, well, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, no. There, there's nothing. There's nothing. You know, it wasn't like oh geez, you blew it, but it's like it, you got you. You did get a little bit. You did get a little bit lucky there that that there, there was that much um, that you pulled off at the at the at the at the clutch there. But so okay, so I mean, I, I, so we talked about the song specifically a little bit, the different vibes and everything, and and because you guys are making music that is so disparate from itself. I wanted to ask a little bit more. I have more of a sense for Jules what the answer to this is, um, and it's a pretty broad list. But musical influences, um, you know, Al, what what are you turned on by? What have you know, like what what do you? Because obviously you talked about Nirvana, you know, all of that, you know, early '90s kind of vibe. But I'm sure that wasn't the first music you ever listened to. So like, what where do you pull from when you're when you're coming up with your instrumentation for these? Um, so. I, I don't really have a, it's sort of just, it's just coming out of us at the moment. Mm. Um, I, my first love was ACDC okay. and, and Guns N' Roses and that kind of thing. And then Nirvana happened. Uh, and that's where I think that's more, it's more about energy and enthusiasm, Yes, I suppose, with that. And that's that's more me, I suppose. But I, I really like, um, I like loud and I like fun. Okay. So I don't I don't need to be technically perfect or anything like that. You know, I'm I'm not going to listen to the the most intricate metal. I, I don't mind it, but it's not it's not where I go. I like right. just I suppose those moments where you just jump up and down and and scream or or whatever. 
But I also listened to quite a lot of Neil Young. Um, okay. Mate had brought over this Neil Young tape when uh, we were teenagers and put it on, and we kind of laughed at it at first. Like, what the hell? You know, it is very earnest if you're not, yeah. We got Neil Young singing Love is a Rose, you know. Um, but it just got us. We used to sit around the campfire and be just, you know, jamming to Neil Young. So yeah. being acoustic that we're what we're doing now, right. uh, predominantly, um, which you don't get from the songs on, Spotify, but that's sort of where where our our um, the nucleus of what we're doing is at the moment. We mm. do everything acoustic and then make it bigger. Yeah, that's um, probably the Neil Young folk. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, a bit of bit of Springsteen for storytelling. Okay, um, maybe there's that little bit of country. Yeah, country. Um, and I and I'm simplifying things a lot now. So rather than trying to do like how can I do as much guitar in this as possible mm. to make everything? Um, I'm really enjoying giving everything space. Yeah. So the walls can explore, so that the drums can um, do their thing and bass when we've got it. I'd, I'd much rather listen to a bass line wandering mm. around um, mm. for a, a lot of the time. You know, guitar in its place. I'm just happy like being in the song, I suppose, rather than trying to be all of the song. You know, I hear that and, and it's funny because I almost feel like other like lead guitarists are gonna come and hear this and take both your guitar and your penis away because you're supposed to have like this, if I'm not playing as a guitarist, I will literally die and my dick will fall off kind of mentality. Like there's so many people who just think they have to find every single note. And and one of the things that I made a mental note of when I was listening to your Spotify stuff was how in balance and proportion you all are to each other. The song isn't just about any one of you. You know, I mean, obviously vocals kind of get the lion's share of attention, right? Because that's, you know, if, if somebody's singing, then you're listening to the lyrics, you're listening to the singing, the melody line, all of that. But, but I mean, like on a here and now, you could have gone with some overly done overly complex guitar solo and i just remember thinking but when that when that came though it was it's very mellow you know and i and i think that that anything other than that would have felt like a sore thumb in the song like because the song is just so kind of like you know you're in it you have the vibe whatever and if it was like it was like what the fuck is going on now like shut up out you know so and again i mean even with the percussion you know everything is very balanced and that i like that because some songs you listen and you like clearly the instrumentation is kind of an afterthought because the singer is like, this is about me and my lyrics, what I'm doing. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you know, we got the lyrics and the vocals and the melody line in here, but really we're waiting for the guitar solo or like somebody's going to come in here and do a huge drum breakdown at the end, but like everything else around it is kind of, eh, you know, so yeah, I like yeah. that you guys, you're all, um, you're really working together, you know, and, and it does, it makes the songs very accessible to me i think they are very easy to listen to yeah because i think that's one of the when we go into the rehearsal space and we're working on an original song my motto is i don't care what the idea is but we're going to try it so it's not mm -hmm. like i'm taking the lead and this is how we're going to do it it's like right. what do you think here? what do you think there yeah and if Braden has an idea it's like we're always trying it um yeah. that is one thing that we always do mm. is if someone comes to us Smart. with an idea let's execute right. it and try it on just like trying on clothes see what the fit is right. like Right. Why um, not? Right. Like, what's the harm in doing that? You might, and even if you don't use that, it might give you an idea to do something else. But then, yeah, you, 
I was going to say, a lot, of, a lot of little ideas come out of doing that. Like, yeah. Well, we're, more, we're not going to do exactly what we just did, but that little bit, yeah. all right, let's put that into the song, you know? Mm, like, yeah. Um, <coughs> and it's an so, enjoyable process then, too. Uh, that, that, this laugh riff, you know, that dun, dun, in that new song that we're doing, mm. like we, we sat there for, what, a good hour? Mm. Where can we put this? We want to use it. We want to use it. Okay. <laughs> after nearly giving up, we found a spot for yeah. it, and it really works now. So, mm. yeah. Um, now it's yeah. it's it's cool. It's and I and it makes you pay more attention to what you're doing, and it makes what you do more intentional when you're doing that kind of thing. It's like, all right, well, you know, if you sit down and you go, okay, this is how it's going to be, great. But then there's nothing iterative about that. It's kind of like cut, print, done. You know, you're just you're you're recording what you have in your head, and that's it. And there's you don't have any surprises in that, which can be good, but it can also be limiting. So I, I like that you guys are, you know, down for it. But I did see what I did there. Yeah, but, but I, I do like that. So, okay, so the, the influences thing now, I'll take that over to you, Brayden. What's your, and again, I don't, I don't mean like necessarily for what you guys are doing for Jewels in the Heist, but I just mean in general, because yeah. everything we love is kind of baked into our DNA musically anyway, and subconsciously even it'll come out. But what's, what turns like you on? None of my influences sort of come out. Like my biggest, Slipknot is one of my favorite okay. bands. Uh, and then Dave Matthews Band. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. My, <laughs> did you just say Slipknot and then Dave Matthews Band? Yeah. Okay, I, I, I like you even more than I did before because it was kind of like, yes, I enjoy eating chocolate and also nails. And it was like, wait, what? <laughs> but okay, all right. So Slipknot, Dave Matthews Band, keep going. Yeah, I want to know what the third member of that list is. Yeah, yeah the Cat Empire, Australian Band. Um, you know, I'll have um, to check them out if you don't know yeah, them. It's, it's, okay. Yeah, it's fusion. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> but then, you know, I love dance, like the presets. You know, I love dance music as well. I, I, yeah. Like metal is my, I love heavy metal, but then I can sit there, I can go watch an acoustic show. I can mm, okay. I can go to a blues show. I can go to a jazz, I can go watch someone go stuff around a piano, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's what jazz is, right? So, um, okay. Yeah, and that's why I love him. He's so versatile <laughs> and so open-minded. Yeah. yeah well, and that, that helps with what we were just talking about too, right? Because if you can sit there and listen to Slipknot, and Dave Matthews and dance music and jazz and whatever, you're willing to try anything at that point because you right. literally, <laughs> you're so like genre promiscuous then that, you know, it's like, yeah, sure. Why not? We'll try whatever on. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think so I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I love, I love that Slipknot and Dave Matthews ended up in the same sentence. I absolutely yeah. do. I absolutely yeah, do. Okay. That's not any order. That's just you know. No, I didn't uh, think so, but I just love that they're both in there because it yeah, to me that yeah. to me that makes you very interesting, you know. Because yeah. there are people who are Slipknot people, and if they saw a yeah, Dave Matthews fan, yeah. they just run over them with their Jeep or what? You know what I mean? Like, and then there are yeah. the other people who are like, "Ew, Slipknot! I love Dave Matthews." Like, eh, whatever. Yeah, but you yeah. like both of them, so that to me that 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 makes that makes you even more interesting inherently because it's like well, okay, so, that yeah, guy. Like, like, the drummers in those bands and um even we went and watched oh a mate of ours the other night these yeah. guys grew up with russ from 12 foot ninja we went and watched him play and he's yeah. such an inspirational drummer to me and he's mm. he's local he's up the road you know um, mm. i don't know the boat that well but these guys do and yeah and he was an inspiration before i even knew and then julie's like oh russ is like our friend i'm like what that's yeah. cool <laughs> yeah that's um, very cool yeah but i like oh. yeah all Everybody, right i love it, it. I love it all over the place. All right, Jules, I, again, I know a, a decent amount of your list, but why don't you share with the folks at home some of 
what yeah. you know the, the 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 many strong ladies and and other musicians that have turned you on over the years oh my goodness all right so i love aretha franklin eva cassidy fleetwood mac um janice joplin melissa etheridge um, I love a good rock chick. I wish I had a raspier voice, like probably about three o'clock in the morning give, give after a few, a few cigarettes. <laughs> I can sing that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, heavier stuff, light stuff. I mean, as I said, we watched uh, the lead singer of the Tea Party, Jeff Martin, with our friend Russ, and we just loved it, that Mediterranean, that alternative sort of mm. style of stuff. Um, look, and mate, I've got that many influences. We could be here for about three I hours. I know, I know. Selection of music. But um, ultimately, any, I do definitely listen to the lyrical content. So right. I don't mind really heavy music as long as they're actual, not so much the screaming lyrics, but anything melodical where I can dive into mm. where they were when they were singing it. It's mm. just got to have a emotive pull for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I can relate to that. That was one of the most interesting sort of inflection points with getting into this show and everything else is that, you know, again, I think when, you, when you're a singer and, you, and you're a songwriter, lyrics and melody or that's what's going to grab you at the beginning i say that all mm -hmm. the time and you know when i first started you know getting into the community and then and then prepping for the show you know the lyrical melody is not necessarily the first thing that springs to mind with like a death pigeon or a shovel monster or you know what i mean but like it's it's um once you once you have the right frame for what it is then you appreciate it so much more like you know but but so i understand what you mean about like i, I that's your hook into the thing right so i mean you you rattled off a bunch of musicians that i love too i mean i think that you know that that's um that's a, that's a pretty popular list for good reason right especially among female singers but i mean it's putting those together with the three of you though that's a nice cross section right because you I mean you've got acdc nirvana neil young you know and then you've got slipknot and the dave matthews band and then dance music and then we've got sort of these you know pop rock you know just belter kind of you know or aretha you know r&b soul whatever like and that makes sense to me given who you are as a band you know um so very cool I, I i'm always interested in that because sometimes the music that a band will make and the music that the band is interested in are very similar and sometimes they're completely different and yeah. i was kind of wondering with you guys how that was going to go because the whole all of your songs are different from each other so you can't really there was no way to nail it on the head, you know, <laughs> like no matter what you said, you might've been right. So, um, okay. So I know you guys have a gig tonight and we've got to make sure that we get you out the door for that. So, um, again, like, you know, we've talked about, um, Spotify, we have new stuff coming. Um, you didn't end up, I don't think giving me a date for when the next thing might come out, but you're recording it soon. So hopefully within the next couple of months, we'll, We'll get this new one that we've been teased on, um, you know, and then we'll have to go. Yeah, in we'll go in there. Oh, yeah. October. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you said October? You're making promises we can't. Yeah, that's true. We'll say. We'll say. <laughs> We're not doing that again. Before remember? the end of the year. <laughs> I, I, even that is. It will be coming true. out on a day that ends in Y. Yes. Okay, and we that is a guarantee, and that that's all you're giving anybody. So okay, when it'll, it'll be when it's ready. ready. When it's ready, yeah. there you go. It'll be it'll be ready when it is. So okay, yeah. and again, I mean, um, I, I don't I, I don't know that you guys have seen the show, but we do like to end every single episode on a little segment that we call in the Vox seat. So I am going to ask you guys the same five questions that I have asked every single band and musician that has been on this show. Okay. And I will tell you that some of these have become a 
Thunderdome death level cage match um, type, you know, investment of emotional currency. Um, and, you know, the last question especially, will either gain or lose you followers in this chat here? We're not <laughs> fucking around. Vox and guests did not come to play. Yeah, no. So, you know, you have three of you. So technically you could answer both ways and then, you know, get away with it. But, uh, but so here we go. So the very first question is, and it'll be interesting to see how you do this, given what we've been talking about in terms of genre hopping. But mm -hmm. if each of you had to describe in five words or less, Jules and the Heist's music, what would you say? Why are you looking at me? What am I going to <laughs> So you well, each get five words. It doesn't have to be a sentence. It can be five words or less, but just you, each of you, what would your descriptors be? Well, mine, people have asked me this recently, and I say, I don't know, I give them a card and say, listen to Spotify. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you sneaky bastard. Sneaky bastard. Okay, so find out yourself on Spotify. Those are your yes, five words? Is. Okay, <laughs> all right. Seven words, you'd write your dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is just multifaceted music, female-fronted, Australian. That's not rock. five words. That's like eight <laughs> words. Ma no, 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 no. They're they're hyphenated. Multifaceted, female-fronted, Australian. Okay. okay. What else? Yeah. You got two other words, Jules. You don't want to use them? What is it? Roots. 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 It's, kind of, it's not blues yeah. and it's not folk. It's kind of in between the both, so roots. Yeah, roots. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to go with four words for Jules. All right, Al, this is it. Come on. Come on. So I'd say um, unintentional, <laughs> fun, undefined, just get into it. Okay. I'll hyphenate that last one for you. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Okay. <laughs> just get into it. Yeah. No spaces. That's it. That's it. Okay. So, all right. What is for each of you your favorite thing about being a musician? Ah. Uh, Enjoyment, uh, giving people enjoyment. Yeah, that's mm. what. I, okay. Like I said before, you know, you can have one out of a hundred people that come up, they love that song. I'm like, yeah, that 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 does it for me. That's it. I just yeah. I love making people happy and seeing people happy while we're playing, and then um, you know you get feedback afterwards from people, and yeah, that's what that's what I love about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, one word: connection. So, with the guys that I'm playing with, and also the fans and friends and family that come. Yeah, connection. I'd, I'd say therapeutic. Oh yes, okay. and yes. It's it's, it's like uh, it's like uh, meditating and releasing, and mm. um, you know, for for the three hours that we play, or whenever I pick up my guitar at home, or when we're practicing or whatever, it's, you can kind of just relax and okay. turn your brain off from the outside world. Mm. Obviously, you've got to think about what you're doing, um, mm. and just and just sort of be. Mm. So it's yeah. quite relaxing. Yeah. I, I love that for each of you in different ways, the fundamental answer was all emotional, you know? Absolutely. Um, that's well, very that's cool. cool. It's the vibe. It's the vibe. It's Marbo. It's an Australian gag. <laughs> okay. There you go. All right. So the, but the flip side of that is for each of you, what is your least favorite thing about being a musician? You can't even complain about lugging your gear around, Braden, because I can, I, can, uh, <laughs> I can go first on this one while he thinks about it. My okay. Wife, I get frustrated at my mother. <laughs> Me too. The, Me yeah, too. Really. I wanted to learn the guitar, and she said yeah. that. Um, yeah. And so I, 
I, I get frustrated because I've got ideas, I can hear things, and I, I mm. struggle to get them out sometimes because yeah. I don't quite have the, the knowledge yet. Yeah. And in 40 minutes, I probably won't ever have it. But, yeah, that's like, you know, you're trying to express something. It's like, fuck, I can't get this out. Yeah. Well, I think, I think given what you guys have said about each other and the amount of growth that you've seen in each other and in yourselves over just seven, eight short months, don't tell yourself it's not going to happen if it hasn't happened by now because you have you had your mother's imposed hiatus for all those years. Yeah, the 12 years is a long time to lose, but you also were away from music after that for a long yeah, time. So give yourself yeah. some some grace there that you know now that you're really working those muscles you'll you'll be surprised i mean you mentioned fig fit gig fitness earlier and it's the same kind of thing you know musical fitness right so you just you know if you hadn't exercised in 20 years and then somebody asked you to do a triathlon you wouldn't be like well that's it i'm never going to do it you might be like give me a couple years and i'll get there so just give yourself give yourself time you guys you guys are you guys are making so much music now i think i think you'll be surprised how quickly you pick up on on what you want to so okay so that was least favorite thing for al who's next uh, might be just trying to balance life mm. uh you know my kids yeah. um my family work uh and just trying to fit in jam so, sessions in between you those know? are all dead ends man yeah. Yeah. Just stick with the music yeah yeah <laughs> so, um it's just trying to do that and especially yeah. these, it's, it's just so hard trying to live these days and trying to do trying to try to money Trying yeah. to keep your passion alive, like you know, um, yeah, yeah. Ah, it's it's the hardest thing. Just trying to a, a work life music balance is it, it is hard. Yeah. That that is a very popular answer to this question on this show. I think we all yeah. struggle with that because no matter what you're doing, you're not doing something that you love, no matter yeah. what it is. So it, that's a very difficult uh, to thing to balance. You're right. So okay, all right, Jules, what about you? I'm going to second all of those things. It's yeah, it's just um, time and money and frustration and just wishing I had have done things a little bit sooner, but then also mm. just trying to be patient with myself, I guess. I sort of, um, I set the bar pretty high and mm, I go pretty hard and, you know, um, yeah, I just. And all of a sudden we've got three songs on Spotify. We're all going, <laughs> what the fuck? What did you do, Julie? Yeah. <laughs> I think we got, we kind of have expectations, but we don't. You know? like, mm. um, yeah. It's, it's that flip side. For me, it's a pendulum. I'm constantly. You know, yes, let's do it. Oh no, we can't do it. So it's just again, mm. it's balance. Mm. It's frustrating. Okay. Okay. Very frustrating. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. It, it's it. Yeah. And and then especially once there's something you want to do, if you can't do it right away, that's very frustrating <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the ADHD brain. I'm very familiar yeah. with that yeah. one. So. <laughs> okay. So um, then the next question is um, usually the one that people hate me for the most, and it is. If you could only pick one album to listen to for the rest of your life, just one, which album would you choose and why? Neil Young Harvest. Whoa, <laughs> out of the gate. Okay. Is that is yeah. that the one that you listened to when your friend brought it no. over? No, no, different one. No, uh, no he had a mixtape and he put Love is a Rose on, which I don't, okay. don't even know where that's from. Okay. From the Turnstiles, I think. Yeah. Um, Harvest is a that that is a particularly good yeah okay talk to me about why I mean, it's, there's there's so many albums you know could have picked but that one um is I suppose this this is a really fucking bad answer 
It's, it's like food for the okay. soul. It just it 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 makes me feel good. It makes me think. You know, it makes me. It takes me back to certain times in my life mm. uh, that I have fond and not fond mm -hmm. memories. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I could have picked twelve, but that one I reckon after the hundredth listen, I could still go. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Hey, Al. That's yeah. not a bad not a bad answer at all. Like, your your oh. reasoning for it. You you you. I think you you. I'm I'm honing in on the fact that you're a little hard on yourself and maybe don't need to be. Um, sure, but, I'm not. <laughs> oh fuck! I I outed you, but no. I mean, but look, I you know what what are you telling me right now? You're telling me that you have an album that after listening to it dozens and dozens of times still makes you feel things that make you feel alive whether they're good or bad and remind you of your life that's not a bad answer that's a very good answer so pretty fucking good isn't it pretty rational yeah. there you go he now now he's now now he's bragging i turned him around <laughs> I'm, I'm out now he'll take it <laughs> that's it there he goes he's, he's bending over because he's patting himself on the back so hard so all right i saw Braden just jeopardy level like you know um, like a beautiful mind kind of figuring this out while al was talking so who has arrived at their answer among the two well, of you now? I don't really have an answer, but the one that would that did come to my mind straight away was the Dave Matthews Live at New York. Uh, okay. Yeah, album. Um, that's one. It just that was just constantly cranked in my car when I first got my license. You know, coming from school life into yeah, yeah. adult life, yep. the, the real world. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, and you know, that, they, they just, were they were very on point in that yeah. one. They really just were. Album, yeah, it stands out to me. Um, like I said, I, I love. There's so many good CDs. I, I yeah, and it'd be hard, but yeah, if I only had one choice, I'd probably take that one with me. So. Okay, I like that. I like that. All right, Jules, here we I go. Hard. I couldn't pick. I was going to actually go on old Melissa Melissa Etheridge album that I used to sing to your little secret, and it sort of got. Oh. Yeah, it's. It's just one of those CDs. I never get bored listening to it. It's mm -hmm. not so invasive. It's just, it used to be my house cleaning CD of all things, yeah. but it's just one that I can put on. And again, I think she had a, a quite a large influence mm. of different styles. Um, so it can be balls in really rocky. Yeah. That can be really delicate and reflective as well. Um, yeah. It's either that Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Um, okay. It, again, it sort of brings me back to a particular time. Mm. Um, right. And I like that it wasn't polished and the vocals were really... Yes. rough and and again it wasn't sort of too refined um yeah you know it, it's you may encourage people to give that album a listen because nobody else likes it but you it wasn't no. super popular <laughs> I, rem I, rem I remember being in my childhood room and listening to that and just just like oh, you know I, I think alanis was a gateway for a lot of us and actually one of my favorite tracks on that whole thing is the the hidden track at the very end which half the oh, people who've heard that album don't even know exists, but it's it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a great acapella. I love that one. Okay, but it's Melissa too. Dying, yeah, dying. Melissa, I get it too. Cause she, she, you wanna talk about emotional vocals. Mm -hmm. No matter yeah. what the emotion is, it is it is just balls to the wall with her. She's, mm -hmm. uh, she's pretty spectacular. Okay, so see, you guys made it through, you did it, but this is it now. We are at the last question. This is the divisive, highly political, charged um emotional you know question at the last one i know we started off very intense we're ending on the same note so we've got dom from jam steak in one corner clutching his blankie and we've got freaky things in the other clutching dom's blankie i don't know what he's clutching i don't know freaky what are you clutching 
Here we go. You ready? Mm -hmm. Your toilet paper roll. Yeah. Does the toilet paper come from over the top, uh, or do you pull the toilet paper out from under the bottom, and why? Definitely over. I'm going first. Yeah, I'm just always an over girl. Okay. Yeah. Easier. Okay. Jules says over because it's easier. Al yeah. Braden, who's 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 committing easier, next? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there uh, you go, freaky. That's one. I'd say over. I just yeah, over. But then. Yeah. It's always changing my <laughs> household. You can't sit on the fence with this, this one. Uh, I'm the biggest fence sitter ever, but it's one or the other. Over. I, 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 okay. All right. So now look at this. The person who started the band is bullying people into the overcast. Yes. Uh, but what I, what I gather, though, is that, Braden, it's not really up to you. It's just whoever puts the roll on wherever. If you're if it's on the holder, you're probably happy at this point if you have kids. Um, well, having children, that not right. the toilet roll off. Yeah. And then you go and you're like, oh, so you just put it back on. Oh, I didn't take it off because I put it under and put it back on. No, I'm not going to do that. No. I just okay. put it on. As long as right. it's fun to me, who cares? So you, you <laughs> don't have a strong, deeply held conviction about it. But if you were, when you were living alone, was it over? Yeah. So okay. Over. All right. There we go. Then that, that's your, that's your identification. Al, this is it. Last answer to the last question of the interview it's all the success or failure of this episode is resting entirely on your shoulders. No pressure, but don't fuck up. What is your Come answer? On. Come on. I don't, I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I could not care less whether it's over or under. I don't care if it's on the floor and I have to pick it up and unroll it like that and put it back down. It's just, ah. it, it doesn't matter to me. Really? Yeah. No, it doesn't. Oh, wow. they, I, I live with a, a a girl a little while ago and she was an over okay and so when she pissed me off <laughs> I went, ah, turned the toilet paper around and i don't okay. think i don't think that something as insignificant as toilet paper should be able to be so divisive in your life you so, would you you would think that and yeah. and and according to the people watching right now you would be deadly wrong this is this is this is a uh, so all right so i think freaky you got two Dom, you did not get a clear under. We have a non-committal with Al, but we have it generally now, you guys know you might not have, but as a band, you are a two-thirds over toilet paper band, and Al will this just- is we, This is why we get along, really. Ultimately. That's it. I mean, really, what, what, what more defines the success of a band than their <laughs> position on the toilet paper orientation, really? I mean, it's, it's, it's I, since, I, you know, since, since music began, this has been the linchpin issue, so. The, the bigger issue to me is not uh, how the toilet off. paper comes off the roll. It's what you do with it in between taking it off the roll and wiping your bottom. Do you Are you a scruncher or a folder? Oh, that's, that is a bigger question. Okay. You know what, Al? Um, that begs the question. Are you a scruncher or a folder? I am, I am a scruncher. I need you're a, a ball. You're a scruncher. Okay. <laughs> you want like a whole loofah experience. I don't understand how you can have four flat sheets and do the job that needs to be done in that crevice. Okay. This in that crevice. I think we have the name of the EP in that crevice. crevice. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. Put your yeah. toilet paper bowl in my crevice. <laughs> you know, um, I think we're done here. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get better or worse than that. I feel like if it's going to stop anywhere, that is the, that is the stop sign and all stop signs. Holy shit, no pun intended, but okay. Jules, Al, Braden, you guys have been great. I wish the best success. 
for you guys. Anybody that is not familiar with them, go love them up on social media, please. You will, no matter what kind of music you like, you'll find it there because they do everything. They are the Swiss Army knife of bands right now. And, uh, and, and, you know, enjoy that studio time. I'm going to be very interested to hear what comes out of it when, when you finally agree to all put it on Spotify. So thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thanks for you, JP and bands too. It's really appreciated. You're very well. Thank you for saying. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it. That's another boxing guest in the books. We will see you next time. Bye. Okay. <laughs>